Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. And we are back with another Chew On This, my good friend and buddy and co-host, Kayvon. What's up? You know, it's another beautiful day. Well, I hope you have your passport ready. I am booked. I mean, put me on a jet plane. Where are we going? (laughs) We are going to Switzerland today. nice. You know, I just have to say, I was looking for really fun dental uh, stories, and I found a few, and none of them were in the U.S., so I think the dental societies in the U.S., the dental companies in the U.S. need to up their PR game because all of their press releases and stories sound the same. But when you go over to Switzerland, it's very different. I love this idea. I'm on board with you. Let's do it. So what do you think of when you think of Switzerland? Well, I'm thinking fondue, first of all. I'm just going to tell you. I'm thinking cheese. I'm thinking uh, yodeling. I mean, I'm thinking a lot of things. So this is hilarious because I usually most people will say the sound of music, mountains, <laughs> you beautiful know, tours. You know me better than that. Come on. <laughs> you went you went straight for the hot cheese. I get it. Like hot cheese. All right. <laughs> hot cheese. All right. So uh, as you went around and, and you're looking for your hot cheese, Kevin, I'm not sure if you noticed, but the people over there are... They have a lot of financial issues and the ones that do actually forego dental treatment. Oh, no. So I know that this happens in the U.S., but it also happens in Switzerland. And rough estimates are about 26% of their population avoid dental care because of financial constraints. Interesting. So this uh, Frederic, uh, and it, it looks here, I don't even know if I said that right, but it sounds nice and sexy. It does so I'm sound do good. It that I mean, way. You, you said it very well. Yes. So he uh, he's a 63-year-old pensioner. I'm not sure if he's sexy, but the name is sexy. Uh, from Geneva, had to face the consequences of his, and then in quotes, because why not just kick us when we're down, call, in quotes, terror of the dentist. Oh, wow. Terror of the dentist. Now, come on. How, it, it, they make it sound like we're just a huge, like, people-eating plant. That, that's a like, that's a clicker is what that is. I'm just telling you, that's a clicker. <laughs> and in, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, a people-eating plant, there is a movie gosh you know it now i can't remember the name the of little it. shop the... of horrors thank oh, you yes my goodness yes. i could break into a song right now i mean that's fantastic it, it's a it's a dental industry classic you kind of have to know the references because somebody will come in and make that reference and you may have gone you may have just said to yourself this person's off their rocker and maybe yes but they were actually making a reference so okay what he said uh frederick my teeth started falling out like autumn leaves. Oh, that's a good analogy. Now, I mean, don't you like that? I, I really do. That paints a picture right there. So the Swiss are not, not only do they get to live in one of the most beautiful areas of the country or the world, yeah. but their language it, is even beautiful it, when they talk. It's fantastic. Seriously. <laughs> My teeth started falling out like autumn leaves. And he had no choice but to consult a specialist because he had avoided the dentist for most of his 63 years. Now, you know and I know that if you avoid the dentist for six years, (laughs) stuff's going to get expensive, right? (laughs) So this guy 
goes to goes to the dentist and he gave he was given the cost. First of all, one cavity in Switzerland is about one thousand dollars. Now remember, there's no insurance or anything like that, so it's about one thousand dollars U.S. dollars, one thousand uh, in their currency. But he was given um, to do a, a to wear dentures, and it was about eleven thousand dollars for both. That's a pretty big chunk of change. That is a chunk so, of change. Yes. <laughs> so then he thought about going abroad for treatment, and then said it was too risky in case of complications. So. Um, Frederick, I have to say, confounds me a little bit because 63 years without dental, but he's concerned about going overseas because of complications. Huh. So these are the uh, people who want whitening when they've got perio. These, these are <laughs> this is these people. Yes, you've got a point there. Uh, but he was assisted. He went to a university at, at Geneva, and there's a um, an inst- it's an institution that trains the dentists of tomorrow. And so they did it for about a 70% discount. And then the remainder of that, um, he didn't even pay because there was a foundation that assists people in need from time to time. So Frederick was able to get his care, but it was done by students. And I, you know, I think that's actually not a bad idea because I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but the hands-on in dental schools in the U.S. today has really dropped. Yes. So uh, more, I think it would be good to have more dental students having that hands-on, like just run them through and just do work. Because I think a lot of us assume that they come out of dental school having like treated hundreds of patients and that's not even close to the number. It's it's such a great point. I mean, th- there's, there's three things I always wish that dental students had more of. That's one of them. The business training is another. And the third is more interaction with team members. And on how to work with them. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're exactly right. The change in dental education has not exactly been a good change uh, in a lot of ways, I think. I agree. I agree. Uh, and, you know, they're probably going to be learning on more robots as time goes yeah. on, you know. So, um, But there was a chart because, you know, I love nice pictures. I know you do. Uh, there, were, there was a chart uh, that illustrated a study done by the Commonwealth Fund International Health Policy. And now this is in 2020. And, you know, the uptick in the U.S., there's been a lot more activity in the U.S., but I don't think it makes up these numbers. So it basically measured the percent of the population who in the last 12 months forego treatment for cost reasons, oh, for cost okay. reasons. Okay. Number one on the list was, actually, I should make you guess. What's number one on oh, the list? Which country? Oh, boy. Which country? Yeah, which country? Uh, I'll say the UK. Uh, UK is surprisingly not not very big on this list, but actually. I know they forego dental care often, which is a whole other story. But anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. It is, uh, it is the New Zealanders. Oh, my goodness. 37.1% of their population. That's huge. That is big. 37.1%. So these poor hobbits not getting the dental care that they need. <laughs> That's a <shame>. <laughs> <laughs> It is a shame, right? I mean, you saw the one's teeth. I mean, you know, I'll admit I've never seen any of those movies, but that one little guy's teeth is not pretty. So there you go. Oh, see, he's actually not a hobbit. That's actually, that's Gollum that you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah, but but the hobbits, I will tell you, drink and eat a lot. Maybe I should be a hobbit. I think you, they have very cute houses. I think that you should as well. But, so New Zealand is at 37.1. The U.S. is second, Kevin, oh. 36.2. Oh, boy. 36.2. Wow. So we have a lot of work to do. And then Australia. So Australia and New Zealand, I mean. That whole part of the world. 
Yeah. And they do have um, they do have socialized dentistry down there. It is provided by the state or the, the countries. Uh, so that might be part of it because the, the and same with the UK and most of the other Europeans, there's usually a two tier system where you see them through public dentists, very much like our Medicaid system. But if you want something separate or you don't want to wait to be seen because there are waiting lists, then you go to the private dentistry. So it's actually it actually creates this really extreme two-tiered system from what I have read. Yes. Um, then Canada, and then here's Switzerland, and then rounding it out, Sweden, Norway, UK. UK is at 20.7, so roughly a fifth of their population. Okay. okay. Right. Germany, France, and the Netherlands. The Netherlands, only 10% do that. The Netherlands apparently don't have a lot of, maybe it's all the fish. Let's, is it the fish? Let's hear it for the Dutch. I mean, let's do it. Very good. Okay, very Big good. So, <laughs> so they are looking at revamping. Uh, right now, this is something that has been in the political arena there. Some politicians, of course, say that nothing you do is going to pass because taxes are so high already that adding on to it. And then the other side is like, if you don't do something, we're going to have a lot of people dying from bigger issues because, of course, dental care contributes to that. So it's it's not much different than the conversations that we have here in the US, but the one thing that seems to be gaining momentum in Swiss in Switzerland is giving them a voucher of about $300 to people on low income, giving them an actual voucher and then letting them go do what they want. Now, I think that's interesting because I I don't know if if the US has done a voucher system for dental care and how the heck do you track that? Right. Um, yeah, a lot of, if you don't even have enough dentists to do the system. A lot of questions right, right there. And then does the 300, I mean, you know, I joked earlier about the period whitening, but does that make you do what you need to do or can you do anything you want? You know, that's. Well, yeah, because what if you're low income, but your teeth are perfect? So why couldn't you use it for whitening? Yeah. Like, so I, I, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of questions Very there. Curious. So, but, um, Ending of the story, just to let you know, is that our wonderful Frederic has been able to get the dental care that he needs. The uh, dental clinics and the, the dental institutions who are teaching the new generation of dentists are now uh, doing most of the work for low income. They're seventy uh, percent of treatments carried out by undergraduates are done on low income people. So uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like. That might, I know there's a lot of low income done. So don't, if you're in a dental setting, dental school setting, don't come at me. I know that you all do a lot of work for dental, <laughs> for, for low income. I get it. But it almost seems like that would be a really good solution to getting new dentists up to speed. Have you talked with assistants in your career, Kevin, that are having to deal with a new dentist that's coming out and they're just painfully slow? Painfully slow and painfully not open to other ideas either you know they were taught one way in dental schools they're very comfortable with that and it may be the complete opposite of the way that the practice is already doing things or has done things and and don't get me wrong i'm not a person that's like oh well we've always done it this way we can't change Mm -hmm. but i also think you have to be open to having more than one way to do a procedure especially if your team is already well versed in one way you know who, who has to change? Is it the entire team or is it the new dentist? And so I think that that is something that I've heard a lot of assistants talk about. So that's interesting. Yeah, because you don't, I mean, patients come with all sorts of 
they're just weird. They're weird and wacky, different situations. So you might be ready to do this and then they throw in this extra, you know, whatever the contingency is. You know, our, our my old employer, you know him, oh, yes. you, you know him very well. He he did his residency in uh, an inner city hospital. And that's why whenever we needed to do an extraction, he never, like you, he didn't even sweat. Like it was out in two seconds because he had so much experience talking to them and counseling them. So lots of very quick, easy procedures. And by the time he got into private practice, he was not slow. He was just boom, 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 boom. You know, probably outworked his dad who he brought the practice from. But I think it has to do directly with that. And it's it's like anything that we learn, we have to do things, what is it, what do they say, 10,000 times before you become an expert in yeah. something. You know, so where are you going to find 10,000 patients, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like New Zealand, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's a possibility, but hey. I, well, you were bringing up the UK for a while. What's would You got some thoughts on the UK? You know, I, I have some thoughts on the UK. I have some thoughts on Europe overall, because while you are <laughs> dealing with people who have been to the dentist for 60-some years, shall we say, and and here's hoping that he got a nice plate of cheese after that was done. That's my, that's my, <laughs> my sincere hope. Uh, Hot cheese or just a chunk of cheese? Know, I mean, why not both? You know, using the old meme, why not both? Well, you know, for those of you who have not had fondue, don't knock it till you try it. Now, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably a good thing we're doing this close to breakfast time, or else I'd be whipping up some fondue. But anyway, so you know, while you, while you're focusing on the good of people, while you're focusing on these these shall we say people in advanced years uh, who may need some dental help, I'm looking at supermodels over here. Oh, okay. This is, Kevin, this is the fundamental difference between us. If, if you've ever wondered what separates us, other than pirates and zombies, it's this. So anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, what, how could I not talk about this story? I think that it would be a disservice to our listeners if we did not bring this up. You sound like every, you sound like every man <laughs> I know. And I love them for it. I'm not man bashing, but it's like, you know, when somebody has on a very attractive outfit, sometimes well, the man that I'm with will turn to me and say, how can I not look at that? It's right in front of me. I no, get it. Well, I, there's no hate. Well, there, I get it. No, there, there's a sincere need to address the public here with this story. Oh, I mean, there, oh. you know, you, you may think this is shallow, but we're getting ready to go deep. All right. Are you ready? So you, this is for the best, the better of supermodels. Is that what you're this trying to tell me? This is a supermodel in distress and a lesson that we can all learn from it. All right, rescue. Are you let's, ready for let's this? Let's do it, hero. Man. Rescue this this damsel in distress. I feel like I built this up so high. I'm so worried it's going to crash. But anyway, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Teresa, I have a question for you. Have you ever ridden an electric scooter? Have you ever been no, on a lime actually. or a, you know, a, any of those? No, I don't think I have well, actually. See, that's a good thing. Did I did I blow your no, story? No, that's a very good okay. thing. Because we're gonna talk about electric scooter, a supermodel, and a lesson to be learned. How about that? Um, I already can picture in my mind what is yeah, happening. Yeah, you probably Based on can. all the fail videos you I've watched. Can. Well, if you'd like to and, and of course we will link to this. Uh but this lovely young woman by the name, and I'm probably going to butcher her name, Veronica Ragic. Uh, who has become very famous in recent months for professing her love for Tom Brady and becoming one of his super fans. 
Oh. Uh, was just merely going to get her favorite gelato in Milan. And I know I teased that this was in the UK, but I was actually incorrect. Happened in Italy. Oh, so, so, yeah, I got excited I know, for the so UK, I but I'll, I'll take Italy. It's fine. It's, I'll it's take bordering Italy. Switzerland, so it's very close. So, <laughs> so the story goes, she goes for her favorite gelato. She hops on her electric scooter after getting the gelato and suffers an accident. She goes face first into the concrete off oh. the electric scooter. And there are wow. photos that you will see here. And in her, in her, what she says, busted up a couple of teeth and suffered a concussion and was taken to the hospital. Oh, my gosh. That sounds awful. It is. So, so there's this whole drawing and everything that you will see about how that the um, there was a crosswalk that she was going across. And there was a grate in the middle of the the crosswalk, like where rain would go down or anything else. And apparently it was painted white and it was slippery. Now, this is her story. So she slips on that and suddenly she's face first on the concrete there in the street. I would have thought that maybe she bumped into someone who just was struck by staring at her because you can't not look well, at it. Well, you know, apparently apparently the great reached up and grabbed her scooter and that was that. So she has uh, talked about her story. Uh, she has, and let me, let me make sure I get this right, the Instagram followers that she has, and I know this will probably surprise you, uh, I believe it's 14.5 million followers on instagram i believe that are you serious or i'm sorry 5.1 million followers sorry five but still yes. like i've never even heard of this well, person and apparently the rest of the world apparently has the rest wow. of the world has so 5.1 million and she did a lot of selfie videos in the hospital in milan talking about this incident of course she and did. so so Teresa, here's what i did i could have stopped shallow but again i went deep because it is something that is becoming a very big thing with e-scooter injuries. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not. No, but, I had no idea. So the University of Minnesota actually did a study. So you didn't think I was even going to talk about a study when I started talking about supermodels. But here I go. Min- Minnesota. <laughs> you betcha. I, I, listen, I'm very proud of you, Kevin. You're going academic. This <laughs> is great. So, <laughs> so over from 2018 to 2019... Okay, now that's a little bit back, granted, but there was a 130% increase in people who said that they actually used an e-scooter to get around. Wow. At the same time, they are finding that the number of incidents leading from these scooters are going through the roof. And one thing that they are finding, which is very interesting, again, tying back in here, and I'm just going to read from this. Researchers found that males had a greater risk of being involved in an e-scooter crash likely because they were generally more frequent riders, and I love this part, had fewer perceived concerns about safety. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm riding it one-legged. Look at me. Yeah, that, I could see that. And were, you don't say. And were more, and here's the better part. And were more prone to risk-taking behaviors while riding. Okay? <laughs> so that's the male side. But perhaps here's the interesting side. And again, tying back into our, our damsel in distress. Females had a 1.5 times higher risk of being involved in an e-scooter-related injury crash than males. Really? So while males may crash, it's actually the women that get hurt more often. 
And the researcher said, and I quote, this may suggest a need to examine potential e-scooter design issues that may not adapt well to female riders, such as handlebar height, center of gravity, and required upper body strength. So my first instinct is to go, oh, the bikes are sexist. Of course (laughs) course they're sexist. (laughs) But then I look back to when I was growing up, there were girl bikes and there were male bikes. There were. And my my bike was the Strawberry Sizzler. And I had the banana seat and I had the things that hung from the handlebar. So they were designed differently. So I can't initially just poo-poo this because there there is some merit to that. I actually was thinking it was because the females may be doing more selfies as they ride. And that's possible as um, well. Uh, and, yeah. And, so, And from what I understand, our, our supermodel was not doing that at the time, just merely going about her business. So so are you suggesting that we should be on the lookout for e-scooters, more teeth <laughs> being cracked open because of this? You those? are reading my mind. I'm thinking, now you you tell me what you think here. I'm thinking that you have a very famous person who has just gone through an e-scooter injury. Could this be a teaching moment for dental practices to talk about the maybe being careful on e-bikes or e-scooters, I should say, as well as if you're in an accident and you do hit your teeth, what do you do? You know, I I think that maybe these are some lessons that our, our friends out there in dental practices could talk about their patients with, especially those of a certain age. Well, and, you know, it's not going to hurt that there are pictures to go along with this. Absolutely. So if your people in the uh, industry are kind of like, I don't want to talk about this, show them the pictures that they can't look away from, and uh, maybe that will get them to, to pay attention. I have a question. Was she, in the pictures, was she wearing a helmet? You know, that's a really good question because you don't see any pictures of her, and I don't think it said that in the article. But you don't see because, that. Yeah. Uh, you only see the face in the hospital. I actually don't know if there are helmet laws with e-scooters. There are not, actually. I can I can tell you that. That's something, you know, here in Colorado, uh, they are just in the middle of Denver all over the place. And, really? And so wow. they have actually come up with zones where you can't ride those e-scooters. Wow. But they've done all this zoning law, but some there I have heard some people say, you know, we're worried so much about where they ride, but not how they ride. And that includes drowning. Yeah. I mean, there's some serious speed that goes on with that. There so, is. so what happened to the lovely um, v- Vanessa? Uh, Vanessa? See, I, well, I, I really don't know. Don't know. That's the chick. Veronica. What happened to her? Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Veronica apparently uh, was uh, she she was at at the time of this writing was going to go see her dentist, was going to have the teeth fixed because, of course, she needs those beautiful teeth for all the beautiful uh, photos and modeling gigs and everything else. So uh, here's of course, of course. But uh, yeah, treated for concussion, uh, a couple of busted teeth, as she says. Uh, But yeah, it's it's very interesting. And, And you're exactly right. Because I can tell you, uh, I've ridden on scooters plenty of times, and th- there's never a, you know, unless you bring your own helmet, you don't have that option. It's not like you, you know, if you're walking down the street and there's a Lime scooter right there, that it has a helmet along with it. You're basically, you know, tapping your, your phone to make it go, and boom, you're gone. When you say Lime scooter, is that a brand it's of a scooter? It's a brand. Or is there, that... are, there are different oh, brands out there, and okay. I'm not pointing out Lime in general. That's just the one that I, I see so often here in downtown Denver. 
Oh, no, I was just thinking you were attracted to lime colored scooters, and that's why I was confused for a second. So I'm not, I only get on I'm those. Just, no, yeah. I'm not familiar with the scooter, you know, culture that you now are such an expert on. This is amazing. I, I'm into scooter culture. <laughs> you know me. I, I am deep. So, so, it, so we have, well, at least she was in Italy. Um, yeah. And in Italy, they seem to, I don't really see a lot of, like, crazy stories coming out of Italy. I mean, you and I have covered... I, international dentistry for a while italy is really not on the radar of craziness that comes up it's not we can't blame milan just because the supermodel was there i mean you know I mean, wow, it's not their supermodels they're such a problem we really need to do something <laughs> about them <laughs> okay so uh veronica is uh going to be is going to have a f- beautiful smile after all this is done well so right? i and, i and and in the the image or the sorry the link that i will send you You'll see the mm-hmm. before shots. So now, certainly, mm-hmm. we'll need to do some more research. I mean, this is my opinion. I'll need to do a lot more research, see the after, to see how it compares. You are a journalist. I mean, you do have this journalism background. I would so, feel bad if uh, I left our listeners hanging like that. I really would. But. I I know. <laughs> this is what we hear all the time. Kevin's dedication to journalism is amazing it's, on your show. It's top notch, let's be no, honest. It's, Tracy, your stories need to be shorter because we need to hear more from Kevin. <laughs> And his that's award-winning journal. That's always the feedback, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so maybe great. maybe Veronica and Frederic could get together and, and compare dental notes, right? You know, uh, Frederic would love that. Uh, I mean good for Frederic, first of all. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we will we will put the links in the show notes. I think um I mean, look at this. We went across the the pond, as they call yes. it, uh, to to the to the European nations. And honestly, uh, dental industry in the U.S., let's step up the game. We need some more salacious stories. We really, really couldn't find any <laughs> that I couldn't find any that were really, you know, uh, besides murder. I think there was just another, like, oh. it, it, there needs to stop, yawn. right? Like, I mean, come on. Kind of, yawn, that's <laughs> terrible. Somebody's going to write us up for that. <laughs> that insensitive, right, that insensitive podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Kevin, any any closing thoughts from your side of the country? Not much. I mean, I think I've dove so deep into Italian lore and and supermodels this time. I think my work here is done. Well, maybe we will investigate the state of dental care in the Hobbit community for the next meeting. Although we really won't. I can't imagine that there's any supporting documentation on that. So, dear listeners, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.